Would you uh, turn to Romans, please, the 14th chapter? We've been talking about the joy of faith. The joy of faith. In Romans 14 and 17, he said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. He, he says what it's not. Then he says, But it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, uh, we've been talking a lot about joy and peace. You might say, what's the, you know, righteousness is the first word. That's because without righteousness, you don't get the peace or the joy. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, there's no rest and peace to the wicked, the Bible says, to the ungodly, to the unrighteous. They're their lives and their souls and their emotions are like turbulent, muddy waters, the scripture describes. And unless you know that you're right with God and things are right as you're walking with Him, you won't have peace. You won't have joy. So the basis for our peace and our joy is, is righteousness. And it's not what we've done, but it's His righteousness that He just so freely gave us. Said out loud, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Ooh. He was made sin for us who knew no sin. Was He really made sin? So that we might be made righteous. Just as surely as He was made sin, you are made righteous. And that, when that sinks in and that dawns on you, you know what immediately follows? Peace. And joy. Hallelujah. God's not mad at me. I'm not at odds with God. I am right with Him because of Jesus. Now in the 15th chapter, the 13th verse, if you want to look at that, 15, 13, we also saw, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So you put that with that other verse, it's not just that righteousness has been bought and paid for and given to us, you got to believe it. And you've got to receive it before you're going to experience the joy and peace. But if you are believing, if you're in faith, if you're in believing, it will always be accompanied by joy and peace. If, you're, if you have no joy about the thing you say you're believing for, then you are not yet in faith about it. If you have no peace about the thing you say you're believing for. You're not yet in faith. See, just because you say you're in faith doesn't mean you are. Faith is real. It's not pretend. And it's either there or it's not. 
It is, however, a choice. Believing is a choice. Resting is a choice. That should be our, uh, our response to peace. The peace comes to us, and we don't fight it. We don't resist it. We receive it, and we rest in it. Hallelujah. And that's a choice. And then also, rejoicing is a choice. That's our correct response to the joy of the Lord. When the joy is manifest and the joy is available, we should choose to receive it. Believe it, receive it, yield to it, and rejoice. Rejoice. We saw earlier this week that God's first covenant people, when he he gave them the festivals, the three big festivals they were to observe every year, and even every time they went to the house of the Lord, even every time they brought their tithes and offerings, they were required to rejoice. He said, you shall rejoice. We saw it over and over again, and once in a while he'd say, you will surely rejoice. (laughs) Not this, this is not based on any kind of feelings or circumstances, which reveals it's a choice. Rejoicing is a choice. You choose to believe, you choose to rest, you choose to rejoice. Now, if you look up the words, and there's more than one translated rejoice, but the main one you see most of the time, it means To brighten up. Everybody say brighten up. It means to be cheerful. Brighten up. Be cheerful. That's what it means. So when you're exhorted to rejoice. You have to stop being sad. You you have to stop. It's a choice. You've got to choose to brighten up and cheer up. Cheer up is not just a slogan. It is a Bible command. Look at your neighbor and say, cheer up. <laughs> cheer up is supposed to elicit a response. Too many times, you know, the Bible talks about being a hearer of the word, but not a doer. A hearer only. And the Lord said through the prophet on one occasion, he said, my people come uh, and they come and they listen to the words like somebody that listens to a lovely singer or somebody that plays well on an instrument and they hear them, but they won't do them. We live in the entertainment age. And most of us grew up somewhere around a TV. And we are accustomed to. It's, it's ingrained into us to just sit and watch and listen something for hours on end with no response. Not doing anything with it. But that is not what church is supposed to be. We're not supposed to just come and watch and listen 
and leave. Everything the Lord tells us requires a response. We either believe it or we don't. We either do it or we don't. When the Lord said rejoice evermore rejoice in the Lord and again I say rejoice you don't say that's nice that's I like that yeah but you didn't do it (laughs) and you can come to church and listen and you can have eight series on it and, and 12 notebooks full of notes on it And never do it. And that's where much of the church is. And Sunday after Sunday. And service after service. And meeting after meeting. More wonderful information. And wonderful things to go. Hmm. That's neat. Yes. I like that. Yes. I'm going to make a note about that. Put a star by it. I'm going to put a star. <laughs> but never do it. And then wonder why I've been in the Word for now on 30 years. And I'm still having trouble with this same thing. Well, yeah, because knowing it, knowing about it, is not doing it. It's not doing anything. Knowing about it is not doing anything. When the Lord tells you something to do, He actually expects you to do it. Is that right? I mean, He expects you to do it. That includes rejoicing. Hallelujah! Woo! Praise God! Oh, you could shout in here. You could shout. Yeah! Praise you, Lord! Praise you, Lord! Praise you, Lord! Hallelujah! We talked about earlier this week, like a little child. Little children don't overthink it. <laughs> Music plays, first three notes, they bust a move. Is that right? They <laughs> just, just like that. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Things, miracles need to happen in the soul, in the emotions, in the mind. And they happen in situations just like this, where all at once you yield to the Spirit and instead of you, you quit crying and you shout. Yes, sir. 
It is an act of faith. It's one of the strongest acts of faith there is. What do you mean? To rejoice and shout in the face of trial. That is one of the strongest acts of faith you will ever do. Look in James. James chapter 1. James 1, 2. Anybody know what it says? My brethren, count it all joy. The, uh, the Amplified says, consider it wholly joyful. Well, what, what does all joy mean? Holy. When, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials, oh, whoa, whoa, huh? <laughs> and various temptations, here is where you depart from the world. Because they will never do that. And how many believe the Holy Spirit is speaking through this word right here? So when he says, count it all joy, consider it wholly joyful whenever you encounter different trials and tests and temptations, is that so you can make a notation or obtain a disc or download something? Make a no. 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 It's so that you know what to do when you encounter a trial, an attack, a problem, a test. Is most of the church doing this? No. And yet it's all through the Bible. Not just a couple of places. You'll find it all over the place. This command, this charge to rejoice, to joy and rejoice in the face of adversity and problem and working of the enemy and evil attack. Now we, uh, a lot of us have heard this, some form of it. But again, that doesn't mean you're doing it. Some of us heard about this, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. But again, that does not mean you've been doing it. Because the whole world around you is not doing this and, and won't do it. So you actually stand out when you do this. And you are viewed as very peculiar. <laughs> Big problem happened in your life and people come to see about you. Surely they're distraught and you're not. You're shouting and praising God and rejoicing. <laughs> and the world will shake their head and go, Poor dear, they've lost it. 
Yeah, we have. <laughs> but if you want different results from the world, you got to do something different than the world does. <laughs> the whole world is crying and scared and depressed and upset and distraught and mad. And you see where that gets everybody too. It just gets worse and darker and darker. But when you find some brave soul who just doesn't care what other people think about it, I will just say, the Lord told me to rejoice, and I'm going to rejoice. I make a choice to rejoice. I make a choice to rejoice. I make a choice to rejoice. Hey! Oh man, this this is so good for us. This is so good for us. We are getting completely cleansed from last year and everything else. Come on, are y'all with me? Yeah! Hallelujah! so hoped you would not figure this out. He's he's so hoped you would not get this. Too late. We're getting it. Is everybody listening? And this time we're not going to lose it. This time we're not going to let it slip two weeks after the meeting or we're not going to let it slip Six months into the year. Because this is not what Brother Keith said. It's not what you said. It is written. It is written. Whenever you encounter. Trials. Tribulations. Tests. Temptations. Count it. All joy. You can be seated for now, I guess, for for the moment. The Weist says it well in my thinking. The Weist translation says, be constantly rejoicing. This is, you know, verse 1 and 2 here. Be constantly rejoicing. Consider it a matter for unadulterated joy. Now that means no mixture. Well, see, he said all joy. What does that mean? 
If something is all that, it is 100% that. No artificial additives or preservatives. It is 100% pure joy. (laughs) We don't mix anything else with it. We don't need men's philosophy. We don't need drugs. We don't. Because we got pure stuff. 100%. Consider it a matter for unadulterated joy whenever you fall into the midst of variegated trials which surround you. You know, uh, the Spirit of God through Paul talked about the spirit of faith. Remember, just turn there, 2 Corinthians 4. The spirit of faith. I like to say it like this. The absolutely unconquerable spirit of faith. Cannot be conquered. Cannot be defeated. It is the victory that overcomes. When you say overcomes the world, you said, you said a lot. The world? That's, the, that's everything in the world. He said, verse 13, 413, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. Can you see here again, action. Not just saying I believe it, but you believe it enough to to proclaim it and declare it. Therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. But back up to verse 7 that led up to this statement. We have this treasure In earthen vessels. What treasure? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. That the excellency of the power may be of God. And not of us. And then he describes this spirit of faith that he mentions just a few verses later. We're troubled on every side yet. Not distressed. The key to peace is not perfect circumstances. In this life, (laughs) there will never be perfect circumstances. The key to joy and being happy is not peaceful, perfect circumstances. If that's what you're waiting on, you will go year after year and not have peace and joy. The truth is, you can be troubled on every side, and yet, it ain't stressing you. For people to look at you, they'd think, he don't have a care in the world. That's because I cast it all. Oh, I had some. It came. It came from every side, but every time it showed up, I just cast it over on the Lord. Trouble? Yeah. We got trouble over here and over here and over here. But we're not distressed. Perplexed? That means you don't understand. You don't know what's going on. But you don't have to be depressed because you don't understand something. Somebody say, not in despair. Keep reading. Persecuted? But surely if you're persecuted, you should cry and feel sorry for yourself for all you're going through. No. I'm not forsaken. 
I'm not alone. Even when my mother and father forsake me, the, the Lord will take me up. The psalmist said that. Even when all the disciples left Jesus, he said, all of you are going to leave. He said, but I'm not alone. I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your Christians say, I just get so tired of being alone. You're not alone, dear child. I'm tired of living alone. You don't live alone. I mean, between the Holy Ghost, he's big. All your angels, they're big. The place is packed. <laughs> oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Whew. Go with me to the book of Acts, please. I am so happy about this. I'm so thankful. So thankful. Great things are happening. Great thing. Uh, Acts, the fifth chapter. Great things are happening. Glory be to God. Anybody can rejoice and be happy when something good happens. When you feel good. When something good happens. Unbelievers do this. There is zero faith involved in that. Shouting because something good happened to you. Being glad because I feel good today. Unbelievers do this. What's faith and what the world does not do is when you don't feel good, but you choose to rejoice. Things are not good. Now, when we say we're rejoicing, you're not rejoicing over the evil the enemy has done. You're not rejoicing over the bad things that have happened. You're rejoicing about something else. The Bible gives us inside look at how Jesus got through the cross. You remember it? Hebrews 12, put it on the screen. Hold your place in Acts. Hebrews 12, 1. Hebrews 12, 1. Seeing we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight, every sin that besets you. Run with patience the race that's set before you. Looking unto Jesus. That's instead of looking to problems, instead of looking at the jump. Looking at Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. He's the example of faith and he also is the one that got us started in faith and he's the one that will finish us in faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. Now man there's revelation there. He didn't receive the shame they were mocking him. They were scoffing at him. They were saying, you know, if God takes pleasure in him, let him come down and take him off the cross. And they're spitting on him and all this stuff. And instead of him taking it inside and going, oh, this is so awful and so terrible, he despised the shame. And he didn't let it in him. 
You can't control everything that comes against you. You can control what gets in you. It's not your fault, everything that would come against you. It is your fault what got in you. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That's him doing what we're talking, what we just got through reading, counting it all joy. The cross is pain. The cross is agony. And yet, he didn't focus on that. He was able to endure the worst of situations by looking past it, looking above it, looking past the pain and realizing what I'm paying for this moment is not even worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed. Oh, hallelujah. Believing he could do it, he could lay down his life, he could go all the way to the heart of the earth, he could take the judgment of the whole world, believing he could come out over it. He's not looking at the immediate problem, he's looking at the outcome. And the joy he's seeing was the strength that got him through it. That's our example. If he can get through the cross, which we don't even know how terrible that was. It was far worse than the physical pain of being nailed as bad as that was, it was far worse than that because in the spirit, all of our sins and judgment was laid on him. Can you imagine all the billions of human beings, past, present, and future, all of their junk and their rebellion and their sin and their failure converged on his sinless, spotless being and he became sin. We, we don't know. We have no idea how terrible it was. And yet, he endured it. He had the strength to endure it. And he's doing this as a man. He endured it. Why? For the joy. Somebody say, for the joy. For the joy. For the joy. For the joy. The joy got him through. Oh, somebody listening tonight. I said the joy got him through the cross. If the joy got Jesus through the cross, it can sure get you through COVID, <laughs> shutdown. Come on, is that right? An election you wasn't happy about. But you gotta, you gotta quit griping. You gotta quit blaming. You gotta quit it, or you will go down, down, darker, darker, weaker, weaker. What do you do? Count it all joy. Acts five. Well, let's back up. Let's back up. Matthew 5, back up. I, I need, we need to work up to Acts. 
Matthew 5, 10. Blessed are they, Jesus said, which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12, what do you do about all that? What, what do you, I mean, people are saying all kind of manner of evil about you. And it's all a pack of lies too. And they have posted it to their friends and they have shared it. And shared it and shared it and shared it. And there are people who believe it's true. I mean, that's enough to traumatize you, right? And make you want to stay home, not leave the house. And, and need therapy and need help. Well, you will if you don't do this. Did the Lord tell us what to do about it or not? Did he? Do most people listen to him? No. They read right through that like it's not even there. When you're persecuted, people revile you, they say all manner of evil against you. Have you seen a common thing when that happens that Christians go, it's time to rejoice. (laughs) Just like Jesus said. (laughs) Did you see what they said about me? Time to rejoice. Time to rejoice. (laughs) Did you hear that pack of lies they spread over there about Time to rejoice. <laughs> and not just go, praise the Lord. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Why? Not because of the lies, not because of the junk, but because they are telling lies on you because of your stand in the Lord. For his sake, he said. And boy, if that's the case, great is your reward in heaven because that's how they treated the prophets that came before you, even in previous generations. Look in Luke 6. Luke says some other things that Matthew didn't bring out. Luke 6.22 Blessed are you when men shall hate you. <laughs> really? Is that, is that people's immediate response? But somebody says, I hate your guts. And you go, I'm blessed. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. People go, why why do you want to say that about me? You, you don't know me. Now, now listen, listen. What happens so many times in this case is the enemy is trying to fire at you Shame, condemnation, anger, all kind of stuff. And it's entirely up to you if you let it in. It cannot gut you unless you let it in. It cannot undo you so that you have to go and and lay down and cry for two days because of what they said. That only happened because you took it seriously And you let it in. You pulled it into yourself. And received it. Instead of. Doing what the Lord told us to do about it. Blessed are you when men shall hate you. 
And when they separate you from their company, they take their name off your list. And you no longer can come to their club. And you're no longer welcome there. Now we're laughing, but I have seen people get bitter over things like this. And I mean, just, it messed up their life. It opened the door to serious diseases. I've seen it. They, they carried that to their grave. They're hurt over how people did them. How they excluded them and how they cut them off and separated from them. They'll hate you, separate you from their company, reproach you, cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Now, people do things because you acted dumb and stupid. There's no reward for that. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're endeavoring to obey the Lord and do what He told you to do and they talk about you because of that, there is eternal reward connected to that. Verse 23, what do you do? Now stop, 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 stop. Hating you, maligning you, lying against you, separating you from their company. And what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You rejoice in that day. You don't wait till some other time. Right then. And you actually leap. You, you leap. For joy? No, no. Are y'all awake? What's the occasion of being exceedingly glad, rejoicing and leaping for joy? Remind me. They hate me. <laughs> they've told all kind of lies against me. Is that right? They've maligned me. They've separated me from their company. Are most Christians practicing this? No. No, it takes faith to do this. Because you are for sure not acting on how you feel. Because nobody likes to be hated and despised and mistreated. And nobody likes that. And the, fir the first thing, the way it hits you is to, is to be hurt. And to go, why did you do that? And that's not true. And, and to try to defend yourself and try to convince. And, and the harder you try sometimes, the more they laugh at you. And it's just awful. And you can be scarred permanently. <laughs> if you act like an unbeliever who has no regard for the words of the Master. But there's another way to live. How many see it in the Bible? There's another way to respond. And it is the way that gives you the strength to get through these things. Can you see that? It was the joy that got Jesus through that. It gave him the strength to endure the cross. To despise the shame instead of letting it in. And overcome the whole thing. It is true that the joy of the Lord is our strength, but we have to choose to rejoice. Praise God. Go to Acts 5. Acts 5. 
and verse 40. Oh, thank you, Lord. Acts 5 and verse 40. The apostles did what the Lord told them to, and they're going into all the world and preaching the gospel, and man, they had revival and riots. And they got arrested and they got thrown in jail. And on this occasion, they called the apostles and they beat them. When's the last time you you got a good beat down? We are so blessed in this country. I, I don't remember the last time I got a beat down. But they got a beat down. And this is not a little slap on the cheek. They beat them. And they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of of Jesus. And then they let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council. Bleeding, bruised, injured, sore. And what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. That they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Do you see how radical their perception is compared to unbelievers? Unbelievers don't think like this. This this would have never crossed their mind. Unbelievers are looking for a doctor. Or a lawyer to sue somebody. Are y'all with me? They... They're hurt, they're indignant, they're mad, they're bitter, they're they're all this other. But just like Jesus looked above the pain, above the the everything, and he by by faith could see the plan and will of God being done and the joy of you and I shouting here in Florida and Branson and all over the world. He could see it, he could see it, he could see it. Because we're free, because we're cleansed, because we're not going to hell, because he could see it all. And here are these guys, they've been hanging around with Jesus. And so they don't think like they used to. And so they get put and beat out of them. And what do they do? They go. They're out of the, wherever they beat them. And they got out the door. And one of them looked at the other one and said, you know why they just beat us? Because of Jesus. And I mean that interrupted. They begin to shout. Why? I got beat because of Jesus. What does that mean? There's eternal reward for that. For identifying with him. Putting up things. Now that's a physical beat down. But that covers much more area. Anything you sacrifice for him. Anything you endure for him, anything, he'll never forget it. It'll be brought up, it'll be praised, it'll be rewarded in time to come. And if that's real to you, every time somebody persecutes you, maligns you, lies or whatever, raises a hand, it'll set off rejoicing in you. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go with me 
to 1 Samuel, the first chapter, please. 1 Samuel chapter 1 is the story of how Samuel came into the world. One of the greatest prophets there has ever been. One thing about him you'll notice, we don't have a record of his failures. Interesting. Not that he never made mistakes, but this is some man of God. How he got into the earth, though, is interesting. His mother, Hannah, was one of two wives of her husband. And the other wife could conceive and, and had babies and, and did so. But then she, uh, she rubbed it in, in Hannah's face about her having babies and her not able to have babies. And she persecuted her. And Hannah found it unbearable. So she did what most people do. She got depressed. Verse 6, her adversary provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, provoked her. Therefore she wept and wouldn't eat. So Hannah is crying, she's grieving, she's mad, she's upset, and she's not eating. And this is happening over a period of years. Everybody say years. years. That's a long time to listen to somebody cry. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Why do you cry so much, baby? Why? And why is your heart so grieved? You got me. <laughs> I mean, I'm better than ten sons, ain't I? <laughs> you know what she said? <laughs> and so on one occasion, she went up to the temple in verse 10. She was in bitterness of soul. Now, come on, get the picture. This woman is depressed for years. She's in a bad way. And it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. And so, you, you know the story she prayed and Eli, the high priest, saw her and, and, and thought she was drunk. And, and she said, verse 15, no, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. This is how she saw herself. She identifies with sorrow. Don't count your handmaid a daughter of Belial. Out of abundance of my complaint and grief, I've spoken hitherto. Grief is her life. That is the case with many church-going people today. They are depressed every day. They put on a smile here and there and try to push through it. They're taking handfuls of medications and all kind of things, and it's done nothing but get worse. Because you can't fix a spiritual problem with a natural thing. You can't. And look what, what happened next. Eli answered and said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you've asked of him. And she took that as God telling her 
that he granted her petition, which it was. She took that as God talking to her through the man of God. She said, let your handmaid find grace in your sight. And the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance was what? Was what? Was what? No. Somebody say, no more sad. No more sad. No more sad. If you stop right here, is she pregnant? No. Does she have a child? No. Has her situation changed physically at all? No. And yet, no more sad. <laughs> Woo! No more sad. They got up in the morning, worshiped the Lord, went back home. Next thing you know, the miracle happened. The thing she's desired for all these years. Now, now listen, 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 listen. Was she sad because it was bad? Or was it bad because she was sad? Because as long as she was sad, it kept being bad. But the moment she quit being sad, it quit being bad. See, unbelievers think it has to change before I can quit being sad. Because as long as it's bad, I can't help but be sad. But that's not what happened here. Something she heard from the Lord caused her to believe, I got it. That's it. God heard my prayer. Spoke through the man of God. Said, grant your petition. That's it. Woo! I'm ready to eat. Let's go. Come on. Done. Nothing has changed physically. No indication that it would. But the breakthrough came when she was no more sad. Oh, I'm going to go through it again. Was she sad because it was bad? Or was it bad because she was sad? Because as long as she was sad, it was bad. But the moment she stopped being sad, it stopped being bad. Could that be why we are commanded right, left, and center, rejoice when it's bad? Rejoice when it's bad? Rejoice when it's bad? Rejoice when it's bad. Rejoice when it's bad. Rejoice when it's bad. Any unbeliever can rejoice when it's good. Takes no faith at all. Any unbeliever can rejoice when they feel okay. Takes no faith. But it takes faith. When it feels like it's tearing your heart out. I mean, was this woman in a bad way? Years. Years. Of terrible depression. And hopelessness. And when she stopped being sad. Something changed in her. And she's done with her sad days. She's done with depressing. 
being depressed. And she just begins to thank God for hearing her prayer. Thank God for hearing. Thank you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for working the miracle, whatever it takes, so that can I, we can have this child. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you believe he heard and you believe it's granted and you believe it's coming, you got no reason to be sad. You got every reason to be glad. Now there's a phrase, go with me to the book of John. There's a phrase spoken by the head of the church. I want to, uh, I believe it'll just go, go right into you tonight and stay with you. Like these other words. John 16, 33. Jesus is about to uh, go off the scene. He's about to face this horror that we've been talking about at the cross. And they're about to have to deal with what he's going through. And then him not being there physically. And they were, lack of a phrase, they were freaking out about him leaving them. You remember what they all said, you know, we, no, 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 we'll go wherever you go. We, we'll die with you. No, no, no. Well, you can, you can understand. They don't want to go back to life before Jesus. Nobody does. But notice he said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. We cannot believe that there will be no tribulation in the world. We can't believe for that. It's going to take the Lord coming back to fix this. Now he'll sustain us and do good things for us and help us so the church can operate and we can preach the gospel. But it's going to be in the midst of turmoil and tribulation has been, is, will be. What did he say? But what? But what? Be of good cheer. cheer. I have overcome the world. Now this is that where we, the word rejoice itself, one of the main literal meanings is to be cheerful. To brighten up. And to be cheerful. I want you to grab a hold of this word because it's a powerful word. Cheerful. Cheerful, cheerful, full of cheer is full of joy. Rejoice is re-enjoy. Joy in the front, joy in the back. Right? Joy. Count it all joy. And so we must not let this go past us because when we hear the phrase, cheer up. It's like a nothing phrase. And yet, this is not a nothing phrase. Cheer up is a directive from the head of the church. And there's power in it when you receive it. Look in Acts 23, 11. Acts 23, 11. Paul has been grabbed, he's been arrested, he's been physically abused some, it's not looking good, but the Lord stood by him 
And of all the things going on, he leads with this. King James says, be of good cheer. We would say, cheer up. Would you agree? We've not taken this seriously enough. What does it mean, cheer up? Brighten up. Stop being sad. Stop being upset. Stop being distressed. Now, the moment you say something like that, there are people that will get fighting mad at you. If in their duress you say, cheer up. They go, cheer up. Cheer up. You have no compassion at all. No, no mercy. It's the answer. It's the solution. It's the faith response. Now I'm not saying you go around telling everybody to do the first thing is you need to do it yourself. <laughs> Demonstrate how to do it. And when is the, the faith manifestation the strongest? When you feel the least like doing it. Is when you're operating in the strongest faith. You just got another bill on top of the 35 that are on the table. <laughs> and it's for twice what you expected it to be. And you don't know any way. How? How? Help me out. Help me out. Is it a trial? Is it a test? Is it a challenge? Tell me what time it is. What time it is. What time it is. What time is it? It's time. If you've looked at the wrong thing and you've listened to the wrong thing for a while, you'll be sitting there slumped over and thinking, 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 thinking. And then maybe you just feel tired and you just don't want to deal with it anymore. <laughs> this is how you go down the drain. But you are a child of God. Yes, sir. There's someone bigger in you than anything on the outside. If you will dare to push back from the table and go. My father is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And everything that is in them. All the silver and all the gold and the cattle on a thousand hills is his and I am his beloved and he is mine and his love is over me and he supplies all mine and you start rejoicing 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 and thanking God I call every bill paid I call every need met I call every debt paid off Paid in full, and you start rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. Nobody in the world does that. Nobody in the world. And you can't hear it, but if you do that genuinely from your heart, no matter how you feel, if you could hear in the spirit, you'd hear wings flutter. 
as angels take off to do things and to put things in motion and cause things to start coming your way. Woo! He had been through all this and the Lord stood by him. He said, be of good cheer, Paul. This is not a little nothing greeting. This is not, howdy, Paul. Cheer up, bud. No, this is the head of the church. And this is what he leads with. He leads with this because this is the most important thing. If he can't get you to stop being sad and depressed, then you are giving him nothing to work with. If you won't turn loose of the depression and fear, that proves you don't believe him. You don't trust him. You're giving him nothing to work with. It is not some nothing thing. This is life and death. This is make it or not. He said, cheer up. Be of good cheer, Paul. Just like you testified of me in Jerusalem, you're going to have to bear witness at Rome too. I'm going to be with you, bud. I'm going to get you there. You're going to do it. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Cheer up. Depending on which word you're looking at, it can be the same as rejoice. Because rejoice means cheer up. That's the definition. Now look in Acts, the 27th chapter. And to me, this, man, this is one of the greatest stories in the Word of God. They're all great, but this is, you've got to remember, everything that's in the Word of God, it's hand-picked by the Holy Spirit. There are no incidental stories. There are no, right? There are no, that's a good story. Let's just throw that in there. No. There is light and life in every word. And the big thing is it's showing you and me what to do in similar situations. It's showing us. Acts 27. It was determined that they should sail to Italy. They loaded in the boat. You know the story down in verse 7 that uh, it was... uh, getting dangerous for the time of year. Verse 9, Paul admonished them that they shouldn't go. He said, I perceive. Verse 10, the voyage will be with, with hurt and much damage. But they didn't listen to him, and they left. Because it looked like, verse 13, south wind blew softly. <laughs> Supposing they had obtained their purpose, they took off. Now, now let me just stop right here. We are to believe God to protect us. But you cannot separate that from being led by the Spirit. If the Lord dealt with you to stay home, don't go on that trip. And you say, no, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Nothing can hurt me. And you go on the trip. You may not make it. Are y'all with me? If they had listened to him, they wouldn't have lost anything. No time, no duress. They wouldn't have lost the the freight. They wouldn't have lost the ship. Can you see that? The Lord was trying to spare them. Just missed the whole storm. But because they wouldn't listen, they lost the ship. They lost the freight. 
They were scared out of their minds for days on end, weeks at a time, and only through the prayers of a man of faith were their lives saved. They were saved, but only just them. Can you see what we're talking about? You have to listen to the direction of the Holy Spirit to be kept completely safe. So they did. And it said that they got in verse 14. There arose a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. And oh dear me. Verse 18. They were exceedingly tossed with a tempest. They're in a, a typhoon. A hurricane. And the problem is. See, they're, a, they're a sailing vessel. They got no motor. They can't power their way out of this. They're actually being carried along in the storm. That's why the storm, they didn't, you know, they didn't just go in one side and come out the other. They're caught in the storm and they're traveling with the storm (laughs) day after day after day after day. It got so bad they threw out all the cargo, that's money. Then they threw out the equipment of the ship that you need to run it. They're desperate. Verse 20, when neither sun nor stars in many days had appeared, no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. I don't care who you are. You can be in a situation long enough until you just run out of gas in the natural. You run out of strength, especially if you miss God. (laughs) You can just be in a place where you just, you think, well, this is it. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of verse 21, and he said, doing away with the idea that you should never say, I told you so. He said, sirs, (laughs) you should have listened to me, and we'd still be warming in the sun in Crete, and we wouldn't have gained this harm and loss. But I got the answer. I've heard from God. I got the answer. What is it, Paul? Don't you know everybody? They're green from throwing up all the time. (laughs) They're wet to the bone and cold and shaking. And they're going, what? What? What's the answer? What's the answer? Here it is. Cheer up. (laughs) I got it. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. This is, this is the answer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. We are going to lose the ship. <laughs> you know, that didn't sound good to them. They're like, we're in the middle of the ocean in a storm. No ship. No survive. No. Here's the answer. I exhort you. Cheer up. Now, there's only one reason why you would quit being devastated and depressed and scared out of your mind and brighten up and cheer up. There's only one reason. That's because you believe that. You believe that word and you go, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. All of us going to make it. We're all going to make it. Then you go, hey. <laughs> I thought for sure I was dying today. Hey! Hey! 
Hey, that, that's a spinner right there, man. That's a, that's a spinner, huh? I'm making it, you make We're making it. But, but see, it's the moment where battles are lost or won right there. If you hear it and you go, well, how does he know? I mean, he ain't no captain of the ship. He ain't no weatherman. He's just that wild-eyed preacher they put on back in the port over there. <laughs> but see, then you're going to stay sad, and it's going to stay bad. It's bad. Is it bad here in the studio? It's bad. What's the key to it changing? Cheer up. Oh, help your neighbor. Say, cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Would they feel like cheering up? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Does it look cheery? Man, typhoon winds are howling. Is that right? Watch sea, sea water is splashing you in the face. And he said, cheer up. Cheer. Be a good cheer. Be a good cheer. There stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. And this angel said, fear not, Paul. Now, see, he led with that. Don't fear. Fear is connected with the worry, with the depression. Don't fear, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. You have a divine appointment to preach. And you're going to make that appointment. And God has given you everybody that's traveling with you. Boy, folks don't know it. Unbelievers don't know it. But they ought to be so glad when a real believer gets on a plane or a bus or a ship. Because there are cases like just right there where the whole passenger manifest are saved because of one person that prayed. God's given you all. Wherefore, sirs? Do what? Come on, help me out. Do what? Do you remember what I told you now? What I told you. This is what we must do. Even though it's the will of God, it's not going to automatically happen unless they believe and cooperate with it. Don't you notice this? A little bit later on, the sailors tried to lower the uh, emergency boat and leave on their own and Paul intervened and he said don't let them do that because you got to have them to be saved well now hold on I thought God already told them yeah but you can disconnect from the plan at any point you want to and what is the plan for everybody being delivered and everybody making it be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Somebody say, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Come on, say it again. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. And then it got worse. It got a lot worse. And then, I mean, verse 33, Paul besought him. He said, take some food. This is the 14th day. I pray you, I'm telling you, this is for your health. There shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had spoken, he took bread. He gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And you see in the next verse how they all made it out alive. 
Because what? The reason all of them made it out alive is because all of them made the choice to cheer up and eat something like we're making it out of here, like it's going to be okay. Can you say glory to God? Say cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Sounds so simple. But you know, man, there are times you got to jack yourself up. Is that right? You got to get yourself by the ear and go, come on, boy. It's time to rejoice. And your, your soul will feel sluggish and go, I don't feel like rejoicing. I didn't ask you. Come on. Have you, saw, have you seen in the Psalms? The psalmist would say, why are you cast down, O oh, my soul? Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. He's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It's time to rejoice, and you're going to rejoice. You're going to rejoice. We're going to do it right now. We're going to rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord, I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. And I'm glad in you. I rejoice 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 in you. I'm not rejoicing in the problems. I'm not rejoicing in the evil stuff of the enemy. I'm rejoicing in how faithful God is to me. I'm rejoicing in the goodness of God. I'm rejoicing in the hope of glory. I'm rejoicing in a certain, sure victory and future. He said, I know the thoughts I've thought about you. I know the plans. They're good plans. Brother, sister, you can be completely free from every emotional trauma, every scar, every mistreatment, every abuse, everybody that ever did you wrong or hurt you. You can nurse it. And stay sad about it and carry it to the grave. Or, or, in the face of your pain, you can praise God. Not for what happened to you. You can praise God because he is the most amazing healer there has ever been or ever will be. And don't you think he can't heal you. He can heal you inside, outside. It doesn't matter how bad you were hurt. He can still heal you and make you complete. 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 And sound. And peaceful. And joyful. And people that would see you now would never imagine what happened to you, what you came through, because that's not you. You, do, you. you don't let it in you anymore. You got it out of you and you keep it out of you. 
and you let the joy of the Lord and the peace of God rule in your heart and strengthen you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus got through the cross for the joy that was set before him. You can get through what you're dealing with. And tomorrow and next year and throughout your whole life. You've got a you've got a secret that the world knows nothing about. Hallelujah. It's the secret of faith, but it's the strong act of faith to rejoice in the face of pain. Rejoice in the face of a bad report. I mean, most of the world, they get a bad report. You've got this. You've got that. You've got problem. It's incurable. It's terminal. Most people, it's like a window shade is pulled over their mind and countenance from then on. And basically, they just bide time until they die. Not a, not a faith walker. No. That kind of person... They'll thank their physician for their time and, and their help. And if you need to make decisions about something, we'll let you know. And then they'll go back to the car in the parking lot. And they won't cry. I said they won't cry. Even if some tears have started, they'll overpower it. They'll come over it and begin to rejoice and say, God... You are my healer. You have always been my healer. You will always be my healer. You are the Lord who heals me. You're bigger than any disease and any problem. And you are more than enough. More than enough. I trust you. You will show me what to do. You will give me every answer. You will hold my hand and walk me right out of this problem. And I'm going to start rejoicing right now. By faith. For the victory. For the victory. Thank you, Lord, for victory. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me through. Thank you, Lord. 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 You're just told that you just lost your job. Here's your paperwork. It's because of COVID. It's because of this. It's because of the other. Unbelievers are devastated. All they can think about is, how am I going to make my payments? How am I going to live? How am I going to, how am I going to, listen to me. Nothing is ever as bad as the devil makes it out to be. There are numerous billionaires that lost everything they had, got kicked out of their house, they lost their house, lost their car, lost everything else, but they said, I'm going to start another business. <laughs> See, that's just natural faith. But it's the opposite of quitting. Life ain't over because you lost a house. Or a job. Come on, are y'all with me? 
because the company shut down or your, your startup didn't make it. You know, uh, the devil will come and go, oh, it's over. It's over. Everything I've worked for and I've poured my life and my savings into and, and I'm 45 years old and how can I start over? Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Now you're taking the Lord's name in vain. And that's not what faith does. You just lost your job. Faith says, I appreciate the job I've had. Thank you for giving us this good place to work. And, and uh, I know you're going through some things. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll believe with you for the next thing you're doing. And, and then Faith gets back out to the car. <laughs> and Faith says, I'm about to get the best job I ever had. I'm about... Maybe I'm about to start my own business. I, I'm about... I'm about to come in because God is that real. God is that big. God is that good. And when you believe it, you rejoice. Even though you haven't seen it, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You've got a secret of victory and overcoming. That the world knows nothing about. Wouldn't even understand it if you tried to explain it to them. You got to get saved to get this. <laughs> you got to hook up with the Holy Ghost to get this. Is that right? You got to hear some faith preached. Is that right? To get this. Oh, but when you do, you become unconquerable. You become it. Indefeatable. You become unstoppable. That's no exaggeration. You, you really do. That's why Paul, in the Spirit of God, he got so stirred up in Romans 8. Put it upon the screen for us, if you would, the end of the chapter. He got stirred up. He got to preaching. Hallelujah. <laughs> Well, the devil was hoping you wouldn't see this. 835. Put it on the screen. 835. Who? Who? I mean, he, he, he's, he's waxing sassy. Who? Not you. Not you. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? Nope. Distress? Nope. Persecution? No. Nope. Famine? No. Nope. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. COVID? No. Shut down? No. It can't separate you from the love of God. Has any of the things that have happened in the past year or so shocked or disturbed God? Did he go, oh no. Would you look at that? <laughs> He's seen it all before and far worse. And he that sits in the heavens laughs. He sees the enemy's schemes and all the stuff that he's doing. And you know what God's response to it is? He practices what he tells you to do. Can you see this? 
He does what he tells you to do. He sees the devil's schemes and his cruel and evil plans and all that stuff. And the psalmist said, he that sits in the heavens laughs. I'm looking forward to hearing the almighty laugh. You talk about blowing your hair back. I think, I think when the almighty laughs, when he goes, ha, 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 you'll go, whoo-hoo. <laughs> and nothing evil can hang around. He that sits in the heavens laughs, which is why Job talked about at destruction and at famine, you will laugh. Not in unbelief you won't. Not thinking like the worldly, ungodly, unbeliever you won't. Only faith people laugh at cancer. Only faith people laugh at COVID. (laughs) Only faith people laugh at famine, at destruction. And why in the world would you do it? Because you know compared to God, it's nothing. Compared to what he can do, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to quit. I don't have to despair. God got me this far. Not only will he help me get through, better's coming. Bigger's coming. So I lost that. God can easily do better for me. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and play. Close your eyes. Focus on the master. I want you to say this. There's a lot of situations represented here. Pray with others. If All of us can relate. Some of these may be more recent to some than others. But say it out loud. Father God. Forgive me for yielding to grief, sorrow, fear, unbelief. You commanded us not to. You commanded us not to allow our hearts to be troubled. You commanded us to cast all our cares on you. And be careful for nothing. And take no thought. And trust you. You commanded us. To rejoice. All the time. Evermore. And count it all joy. In the face of every trial. I'm taking you seriously. I'm accepting your words. I'm receiving this as my way of living, my way of operating, my way of responding. Remind me, quicken me when I need to step out and rejoice on purpose in Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, 
you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.